Yo, what is going on, everyone? What is cooking? This is Crip Brother Steve. You reached my podcast, Barbecue Two Movies. Today is June 14th, 2021. That's a Monday. In case you're wondering, it's 3.05 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, doing one of those late night podcasts like how I usually do. I think it's more unusual if I do a early podcast, right? So I hope your weekend was really great. I had a pretty good weekend. I worked. Yep, I worked. You know when you work in the wedding industry, you know, most of the time you work on the weekends and your weekdays are technically your weekends and your weekends are technically your weekdays. And uh, when you do small weddings like me, because I specialize in small beach weddings, um, on purpose, by the way, because I don't like the stress of big weddings, you know, uh, those tend to be every single day. So I've had a blitzkrieg of weddings since the beginning of June. And I had maybe a couple of days off, and then I had, and I had you know three, four more weddings, and I have a couple of days off, and I have another surprise vow renewal tomorrow um, at 8 a.m. in the morning at Magic Island, and then after that, I think I have about two weeks off, which is kind of good because I'd have a lot of other work uh, for my other companies and my other ventures and my other side hustles to catch up on, you know. Again, like I told you um, before, depending on who knows me, they know me as a different person. So for, so for example, you hear on my podcast, you know me as a podcaster, a guy who like barbecues. You may know actually more about me than other people, but you know, again, you know I plan weddings, you know I'm a photographer and a videographer, and you also know that I'm also a writer. But not many people know that I'm a writer. You not not many people know that I wrote scripts before. Not many people know that I that I produce television shows. Uh, not even my own family. Uh, not, not my close family, but you know, my cousins and my uncles and aunts. They didn't know I produced TV commercials and and uh, you know had two TV shows over in Japan. I was a producer and uh, did all these other types of things. So you know, it really depends on who knows me. And by the way. I can say I also sharpen paper cutters professionally. I've been doing that for maybe about a year now. And um, I've kind of taken, my dad did that for his business. And my dad, again, he did almost everything for his business. And I kind of took that over. So I've been sharpening paper cutters as well on the side right now. So I guess I can add that to my resume. I can, so if you have a paper, if you have a paper cutter out there that needs to be sharpened, you can give me a call. <laughs> but you have to live on the island, right? And by the way, not all paper cutters can be sharpened. Some of these paper cutters that you know we pick up from the schools, my God, I have no idea what the hell they're cutting with it because you can't fix it. I'm not sure if they're trying to cut you know some barbecue wood with it. <laughs> so some of these blades, they they're not cutting, they're not cutting paper just with it. I, that's all I have to say. So luckily. I know how to sharpen knives really well, and I've sharpened my axes for barbecue. I've sharpened my neighbor's knives. I've sharpened my own knives. You know, I love to have sharp knives. And if you're ever ever wondering how to sharpen your knife, maybe I can do, maybe I can do a podcast on that. Maybe, hmm, I don't know. I don't know. I think so. I think I could, but you know, I think to sharpen a blade. I think you really need a video, right? I can't just describe on how to do it, I guess, over over a cell phone through description. I know I describe things pretty well sometimes, but still yet, I think this is one of those things where I may have to go on video, and maybe, maybe that means I have to start video podcasting. Who knows, right? <laughs> so what's on my mind lately? Well, this weekend, 
uh, I just got into this mood on Facebook and I started writing a lot of positive things about vaccines. Now there, there's like, you know, a lot of negative things to say about vaccines out there. And by the way, when I say vaccines, I am talking specifically about the COVID vaccines that are out there that are specifically available in America. So I'm, I'm more about talking about American vaccines than all the other vaccines. And because not all, not all vaccines are great because again, vaccines is a category of medicine. So one rule doesn't apply to all. And that basically applies to life in general, right? One rule. One rule does not apply to all. So just because if, you know, it's called modus ponens, by the way, if you're wondering, where you say, Stephen, well, wait, hold on. All men are pigs. Stephen is a man, therefore he's a pig. So therefore, you know, again, you're taking one rule and applying it to all, right? And, uh, you know, this type of logic, it's actually very, it's a logical argument. Just to let you know, it is a logical argument, but it is not valid. Now, if that kind of confuses you, just to let you know, there are hundreds and hundreds of theorems out there when, it, when you talk about logic and whatever is quote unquote logical in the professional logic arena. We're talking about the study of logic. Um, because if you make an argument such as, one rule applies to one person, therefore it applies to the masses. That actually, that actually is a valid logical argument, but that doesn't mean that it's true. All right. And a lot of people think that just because an argument is logical, it, that means it's true. No, not at all. It just means you have a logical argument that you can kind of make sense with. And uh, again, I learned logic over back in college, and it's one of the only things that I still apply to in life this very, very day. So I apply modus ponens, modus tollens, and uh, I think I got into that before. I apply a, uh, a reductio ad absurdum, all these other different theorems out there, and they help me help me write a better story and they help me tell a better story and I have to be very, very careful, like I said before, because just because I make a logical statement, it doesn't mean it's true. Not at all. Not at all. So that's why I'm, I'm always careful to back up with whatever I say with fact in complete context. And that's also really, really important. So what was on my mind again? It's basically the mRNA vaccines. And, you know, this was kind of triggered by my, um, you know, I had met these uh, two other very, very nice people. Uh, and they're on the conservative side, which is great. And, uh, you know, they started saying a lot of, you know, you know, I would say uh, conspiratorial things about the mRNA vaccines. And uh, I've heard these before, and I've heard a lot of different arguments. You know, the thing about COVID is that, it brought out the best and also the worst in humanity. And when I say the best, I mean that it showed that a lot of people had big hearts. They all cared for each other. Um, you got to see family. You got to have conversations with people, uh, you know, through long distances. We all caught up through Zoom. And it also made you appreciate life a lot more than maybe you did before because we were living in, you know, a pseudo, you know, zombie apocalypse. That's what really it felt like, right? And I really got to appreciate working a lot more. I remember when, you know, before COVID, I would tell myself, wow, I can't wait to not work, right? I can't wait to just, you know, uh, I, you know, I can't wait to have a break, like a two or three week break, week break from doing weddings because I'm just burned out, right? And then all of a sudden I had a one year break from doing weddings and I was like, oh, I can't stand it. Like this was too long and I wanted to work. And it, all of a sudden my love for weddings came back 
uh, with a passion. My love for photography was rejuvenated. My love for videography, my love for storytelling, everything, because I just appreciated things a lot more. Now, on the negative side, you know, what we saw was, you know, just the rise of just, you know, the, the corruption in, in politics where they use COVID to, to basically uh, brainwash most of America and to steal an election. That's what I think. And on top of that, we saw a lot of paranoia, like people who are already paranoid and who already had trust issues got a lot more paranoid. So during COVID, we saw, I guess, the rise of Q space Anon. So I'm not going to say Q Anon because they're two different things, right? But we actually saw the rise of Q, like dramatically, because Q was already there in the background. But then we saw Q, his popularity or his or her's popularity, I really believe it's a he, and um, his popularity just skyrocketed. And you heard every single, I guess, conspiracy theory out there. And, uh, you know, there was these theories that Q was Donald Trump or Mike Flynn and all of these things. And I, I kept reading all of these Q drops left and right. And for myself as a storyteller, again, I would tell you that and I would tell my friends I could poke holes in this story easily. Uh, but again, you know, when you have trust issues, and you don't trust the government, you don't trust the media and you don't trust yourself. And then you have someone out here who says, hey, they're an undercover spy or working for the government and they're doing these Q drops and this is what's coming out. And hey, some of this may be true, some of this may not be true, or it's interpreted as the truth. And all of a sudden, you put your trust in the wrong people. And unfortunately, that has given birth to many people on the conservative right to, you know, just fear vaccines, you know, fear technology, fear... Um, fear a lot of things that they shouldn't. And someone out there, and I would say it's Q and a lot of other people out there um, who are on top of this food chain and they're just having fun uh, playing with conservatives. And it's really, really, really sad. So I want to get into the, um, today's podcast is going to be all about mRNA vaccines, period. Or just maybe, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I think I'll try to talk about the American vaccines, and I'll try to talk about the, the Chinese and the Russian vaccines, even AstraZeneca out there. But I really, really want to focus on the mRNA vaccines, right? The mRNA, the messenger RNA vaccines, uh, because I want to, I really want to clear things up. Now, what I'm about to tell you too is, is that, you know, all of this is all fact. What I'm about, what I'm about to say, they're not taking this from some type of conspiracy website or QAnon website or anything or nothing like that. They're not. They're not associated to any Q drops, even though I do read Q drops every single time mm -hmm. I can, um, just because I want to be on top of it. And who knows? Maybe some of the Q drops are real. I always entertain, you know, um, the possibility that a conspiracy theory may be actually real, right? And I even listen to flat earthers. I actually do. I want to listen to their argument. I want to know who I'm talking to, right? And uh, just because someone believes in conspiracy theories, it doesn't mean they're crazy. It doesn't mean they're, um, they're bad people. It just means that's what they believe in, right? That's all. They have a faith that's, that's different than ours. And it's for me, I'm okay agreeing to disagree. But a lot of times, um, you know, the people who believe in conspiracy theories, they have trust issues, okay? And when I say that, if you're listening to, the, to me and, you're, and you feel insulted, I'm very, very sorry. But this is very, very um, true about people who believe in conspiracy theories. They're not 
technically, you know, geniuses or intellects out there. And when I say that, we're talking intellectual personalities, right? We're not talking about people who spend their life in the library, spend their life in a in a intellectual bubble, sit back and observe. Those are intellectuals, right? We're talking like Jordan Peterson, you know, Einstein, people who have a hard time associating with people. Um, people who have people who have uh, trust problems are technically what we call loyalists, right? They're always um, they're always looking out there to meet new people, and they're on this constant search to find a rescuer because ultimately, under all of the smoke and mirrors, they fear themselves. They fear holding opinion for themselves, so they they latch on to someone who can tell them what to believe in. Now, that may be a church, and that may be a gang member, that may be Q. Right now, on the left, we actually have a lot of loyalists on the left. You have more loyalists on the left than actually on the right. But again, America is very, very tribalistic. So you are getting more loyalists on both the left and right side of the spectrum. It may be equal. I'm not sure. But right now, what I see is that we see a lot of loyalists on the left. So when the barking orders come down from the top, you notice they all say the same things. And the same thing can be said for those who are on the right, who believe in Q, right? Or a lot of Q drops or a lot of like, um, you know, quote unquote, right-wing talking points. Whatever, whatever talking point comes down from the top about, say, for example, mRNA vaccines, they will basically repeat it without actually, you know, you know, taking a really close look at the, what they're preaching, right? And uh, it's really hard to kind of pull them back or out of that rabbit hole. And uh, and it's and that's for both sides. It's hard to take someone out of Antifa on the left, and it's hard to take someone out of the queue on the right. And it, it's not to say that you know that's a goal of mine at all. My goal right here for today is not to push the vaccine on you, or to even encourage you to take the vaccine, or even to say don't take the vaccine. It's just to educate you, and I just want to set the record straight about these mRNA vaccines. So I'm going to cut the commercial, and uh, when I get back, we're going to get straight into this. Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's scriptwriter Steve with a shameless plug for my company, Dream Weddings Hawaii. So... If you want to get married in Hawaii, if you want to get your vows renewed in Hawaii, and if you want some family pictures in Hawaii, make sure you check me out. So my website is dreamweddingshawaii.com. So that's dream, weddings with a S, Hawaii spelled out, dot com. Okay, I am back from that commercial break, and I hope you are too. And when I say you, I am kind of talking to my conservative crowd out there. Yeah, I think you and I, we're, uh, we're probably going to disagree on some things, many things, and I hope you don't hate me to it, because I like talking to you folks. I like, well, I'm not really talking to you folks, but I like having you as an audience, right? So uh, why don't we get straight into it? Because if I listen to this music anymore, I'm going to get hungry. <laughs> Every time I listen to that music, I feel like I'm watching Lady and the Trap, and I just want to eat a meatball. You know what I'm talking about, right? You remember that scene where the two dogs were eating from the spaghetti plate out in the alley, and, you know, 
I think it's kind of Italian-like or something like that. I don't, I don't know. That movie, well, not that, that movie, that music kind of reminds me of that movie. And that movie, this music kind of reminds me of spaghetti. <laughs> it just does. It just does. Okay, so anyway. Now, before I get into this mRNA vaccine stuff, I just have to, again, disclose who I am just to make sure you know who you're getting your facts from, okay? So I am not a doctor. I am not a vaccine specialist. I am not a vaccine engineer or a scientist of, of any professional nature, not whatsoever. Um, I don't teach science. You know, I am technically, I really don't consider myself that smart of a person, but I do communicate rather well. And under it all, I am a very honest storyteller. You know, that's why I call myself Scriptwriter Steve, because I made my living telling stories, whether it's not writing scripts or, you know, telling stories of, you know, wedding couples or and capturing them. And, uh, you know, just telling a very honest story uh, out there for everyone to, I guess, get the full experience, the, the real experience, right? Even with my wedding videos, I don't, cinematically uh, interject a lot of my own opinion into my wedding videos. I just let the wedding ceremony play out the way it should be. You know, there's a lot of these um, wedding companies out there, when they do video, they will glamorize it and kind of create a montage, a very romantic montage to the, I guess, to the wedding ceremony or just to the wedding period. You know, for me, you know, I don't create this romantic wedding montage. I let the ceremony play it out for what it is. So if you, if my couple cries or burps, you know, laughs or farts or anything like that, it's going to appear in the video. And I think that raw honesty is truly what makes these wedding videos of mine very honest, right? And I mean, not very, not very honest, but very, very good. And, you know, couples love it because they can relive the experience basically 100% um, in real time and in reality, because a lot of times they, when you're, they're caught up in the moment, they forget about it. So they get real stuff from me instead of some like, you know, uh, coked up montage to, you know, romantic music out there, unlicensed romantic music. Why do we even, we even say that? Un, unlicensed because a lot of these wedding companies are using, uh, very, very popular music out there, which they're not supposed to sync to video. But anyway, <laughs> I don't want to get into that, but, Again, I, I'm very much an honest storyteller. So when I'm going to talk about mRNA vaccines, I'm going to tell you the whole honest truth. And uh, where I got this information from is not from the top of my head or from, you know, from reading, uh, you know, another website or anything like that. I actually listened to um, a lot of uh, vaccine engineers and scientists. Um, they're on the web they're really, really on the web. And the problem I find right now is that many of those on the right, they listen to who they want to listen to, right? They listen to doctors who say, hey, these vaccines, these mRNA vaccines are just bad, 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 bad. And when I introduce them to a vaccine engineer, what they'll say is that, well, I don't trust them. Again, remember the trust issues? They'll say, literally, I don't trust them. Anyone who has to do with the pharmacology industry or the drug industry, I don't trust them. Okay, fine. So they don't trust someone who actually manufactures and works in the vaccine industry as an engineer. Like, for example, they worked on this mRNA technology. No. The, who, who will they trust? Um, this doctor and uh, Dr. Richard M. Fleming is one of them, or Judy Mikovits, both 
um, ju- both who are just, you know, they're, they're, they went to jail one way or another for, I mean, Dr. Fleming, he went to jail. He's a convicted felon who pled guilty to healthcare fraud and they're listening to him. He's not even a, he's not even a real doctor or an engineer who works on vaccines versus they don't, they don't want to listen to a, a vaccine scientist who works on the mRNA technology out there. It's crazy, right? Isn't that crazy? And, um, and again, Judy Mikovic, she appeared on the, the movie, uh, Plandemic. I watched Plandemic. I watched it from beginning to end. And, you know, there was a lot of discredited, this really, really discredited medical claims out there. And on top of that, she was caught, you know, um, I guess, spewing a lot of other discredited medical claims out there. So both of them, Dr. Richard Fleming and also, you know, Judy Mikovits, uh, they both have made money on, from speaking tours during COVID and even after COVID, you know, just spewing these conspiracy theories. That's how they make their money. Right. And I think, by the way, like Richard M. Fleming, Dr. Richard M. Fleming, he's also touting this quote unquote Fleming COVID cure, which I think may land him in the jail again. So I'm just saying like uh, his, his, uh, his uh, therapies are kind of way, way out there. They don't even include hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin, ivermectin, remdesivir, or anything, or anything you know that out there that kind of works. It includes a lot of like, you know, high doses of vitamin C, high doses of like, you know, vitamins, which, and I, and I think there's some ginseng in there or something like that. It, it's just really, really strange, right? But, you know, I think he's, you know, he's out there to promote his COVID cure. And I think eventually that's going to catch up with him. But again, these are the people who, who are, I guess, who are shaping the conservative opinion. And then on top of that, you have Robert F. Kennedy Jr. of the Children's Health Defense, which is an anti-vaccine group who are just like putting all these internet memes out there and just saying the most insane things out there. Now, what have I heard um, that, okay, so before I got the vaccine, and uh, just to let you know, I was one of the last people in my family to get the vaccine out of all my uncles and aunts. I was probably one of the last ones, even my cousins, one of the last ones out of my friends, one of the last ones. Uh, if you go back into my podcast, you can kind of see that I was, I was really on the fence. I was really, really on the fence. And I think it's good to be on the fence. If you're on the fence, I think that's a good thing. I really do. And if you do, again, if you don't want to take it, then don't take it. Okay. I'm not here to convince, convince you to take it at all. But again, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., I started to, when I started to research, I found out that so many of these quote unquote truths, right, out there about the mRNA vaccines were just complete hogwash. Like they're just made up. And they all went back to Robert F. Kennedy Jr. They were all started by these memes. And where was he getting his information from? Well, one of them was, again, Dr. Richard Fleming, and then there was Judy Mikovits. And, um, and then some other doctors too, but none of them were actual vaccine engineers. They were just people who were just spewing stuff, none which was really supported by science. Now, there are two things that really bothered me about the mRNA vaccines, right? I mean, it really, really, really bothered me. This is what it really stopped me from taking the vaccines uh, for a long time. Number one, that they said that the mRNA vaccines would affect my DNA, and number two, uh, it would also ruin my immune system, okay? Now, how much of that was true? 
Now, I thought it was totally true because, again, what messenger RNA does. Now, the difference between an mRNA vaccine and a regular vaccine is that the original, I guess the way vaccines were made before was that you took COVID or say, for example, this you would take COVID and then you would um, somehow engineer this COVID, I, I guess, uh, virus and just take the antigen from it. The antigen is the COVID spike, right? The COVID protein spike from it. And you would raise this, um, you would uh, make sure that this COVID spike, that um, you would uh, create this in a vat, right? And a vat is just, this, you know, stuff like full of bacteria and and other kind of like, you know, proteins and everything. And this vat produces protein spikes, right? So these were these were modified, not really modified, but actual protein spikes from the COVID vaccine, but I'm sorry, from the COVID virus, but it didn't include the COVID virus. It just included the antigen, just the spike. And then you would inject that, um, I guess that protein into your body, right? And then the immune response would be, I guess would create the the antibodies. And again, you wouldn't have to worry about getting, I guess, um, I guess infected with COVID because the COVID virus part of the virus was actually missing, right? You're just talking about the spike protein. And that's how most vaccines worked, right? That's how vaccines, for the most part, most of them work. Now, the mRNA ones are kind of different. What they do is that they take an RNA strand and they have a little messenger RNA on there, and they actually program this RNA um, strand to create the protein spikes in your body. So instead of creating these protein spikes in a vat, which will be which will be infected in, uh, well, hold on, sorry, which will be injected into you, um, the mRNA vaccine creates the protein spikes in your body. So your body will now create protein spikes, not the virus itself, but the protein spikes, right? And then. From there, your body will then create specialized antibodies, and then that's how you become immune to it. Now, the good thing about this is that the mRNA, uh, you can actually, you don't need the actual virus to create the protein spikes. You just need the code, the, the, um, the I guess, the, the structure. You just need to say, this is how, this is what type of um, spike I want you to create. And with that, they would create a certain spike that would create a certain type of antibody. And in this case, in the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccine, they created pretty much designer antibodies, which would bond very strongly to COVID spikes. So that means that those who took the mRNA vaccines those antibodies that their, your body created are much stronger than the traditional Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Because the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, you're depending on your body to create the antibodies. But, you know, you could create a good antibody or a bad antibody. It really depends. With the mRNA, those spikes are specifically created um, to create a certain, I guess, antibody response. So what you are basically looking at is um, designer antibodies. And uh, they're stronger than usual. And that's why it's so good. And on top of that, the messenger RNA is also teaching your T cells on how to become immune, on, on how to fight COVID when um, you no longer have the antibodies in you. So that's a really, really good thing. You don't get that T cell um, immunity 
with the regular vaccine. So, but anyway, going back to the argument, does mRNA vaccines affect your DNA? Well, absolutely not. Now, you're, you're probably asking yourself, like, well, how can that be? Because, again, the mRNA goes into a cell, right, goes into your cell and then creates the spike proteins out there. So you're saying, well, if it's, if it's actually cre- you know, creating spike proteins, how is it not affecting your DNA? Because it just went into your cell. And this was the argument being pushed by Robert F. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Dr. Richard M. Fleming, and also Judy Mikovits, right? Well, here's the thing. Here's the fifth grade science of it all. DNA is inside your cell, but what they're not telling you is that DNA is only inside the nucleus of your cell. And the mRNA, it doesn't go into your nucleus of your cell. It stays out inside the cytoplasm. So that little, just imagine if you look at a, I guess, a, a, a sunny side egg, right? The nucleus is the yellow part. And the white part is the cytoplasm. And the messenger RNA is only in the white part, the cytoplasm. It never goes into the nucleus. So it stays far away from your DNA and doesn't affect your DNA. Now, secondly, RNA can only provide instructions for amino acids, not DNA. Now, in order for RNA to actually reprogram DNA, which is possible, it will require what is called uh, an enzyme called reverse transcriptase, all right? And that turns RNA into DNA. And this is something these mRNA vaccines don't have. Now, it could be programmed to actually do that, by the way, okay? And if, um, now, here's the other question. Can mRNA uh, or RNA, right, penetrate the nucleus membrane? I guess, can it penetrate from the white part of the egg, right, into the yellow part, right? Yes, it can. If they had, um, I guess, uh, another enzyme called important, I-M-P-O-R-T-I-N. That's the name, by the way. That is actually the name, important. And um, that's the enzyme which is needed to transport RNA into the nucleus of the cell. But this, this, this mRNA vaccine doesn't have any important, right? And it doesn't have any reverse transcriptase and enzyme. So it can't get into the nucleus, and once it's in there, it won't turn RNA into DNA. So what is the chance of an mRNA vaccine affecting your, your DNA? It's 0%. That right there is what the vaccine engineers said. This is the way they designed it. Now, you can listen to the vaccine engineers, right? Or you can listen to the conspiracy theorists, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Richard M. Fleming, who went to jail, and also Judy Mikovits, who also went to jail, okay? Or you can listen to Dr. Jacob Glanville, who will tell you exactly what I just said, because he makes his life working on vaccines, engineering vaccines, creating vaccines, you know. Here's my argument. So I have an old BMW and it breaks down from time to time because they're not the most reliable cars out there. But when my car broke down, I just didn't go to a regular mechanic. I had to go to a BMW specialist, right? So, you know, that's what makes it important right there. So I'm not going to take my car to a regular person or a regular mechanic. I have to go to a specialist. So why are we getting, why is the people on the right 
getting their information from people who are not specialists, people who work on the vaccine, people who engineer the vaccine. The answer is that they don't, they, first of all, it's trust issues like we told before, but they don't want to hear what I just told you. They don't want to, they want their fears confirmed, right? And again, you know, when I try to tell them this, it just goes in one ear and out the other. One, in one ear and again, out the other. So the other question is that, do these mRNA vaccines, you know, destroy your immune system? And the, again, the short answer is no. So what was the theory being pushed forward by Robert F. Kennedy and Richard M. Fleming and also Judy Mikovits? Well, they were saying that your body, with the, with the messenger RNA, which is, again, it goes into your cytoplasm of your cell, the white part of the egg, right? Um, that they said that it will forever create spike proteins forever and ever and ever and ever, right? And uh, that would cause your immune system to basically go haywire. And that, that's how you would overload your immune system and you would um, destroy it. Well, that's 100% false because the mRNA basically gets destroyed once it gives the message to the RNA. So there's no, once the RNA is instructed to create the, um, the, the spike proteins, the M part, the messenger part, it basically dissolves and it gets, it, it basically gets metabolized through natural ways, through your blood, you know, whatever, et cetera, et cetera, right? So, so um, again, it metabolizes fully and the M part disappears. And that's the reason why if you take the Pfizer or the Moderna vaccine, you have to take a booster shot. So your body will create more antibodies. If it were true that the mRNA vaccine would just keep creating um, spike proteins, spike proteins over and over and over again, you wouldn't need a second shot. Correct? But you need a second shot. And again, after that second shot, you get more antibodies. And on top of that, you may need, maybe in the future, more antibodies. They're not sure because the antibodies in there will not be sticking around anytime, right? I think maybe after six months to a year, they may be gone. But here's the other thing. The messenger RNA does create T-cell immunity or, or T-cell memory, Right? And your body may be able to produce the antibodies needed to fight off COVID in the future, naturally. So they're not still sure about how effective that would be, but they have said that it does look as though the T-cell response is as strong as someone who's been infected with COVID before. Isn't that cool, right? And again, Richard M. Fleming, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and also um, Judy Mikovits said that no, your immune system will be completely damaged and you would have no T-cell immunity. That's 100% false. They're just talking out of their ass. And again, here's the bad thing about it. Again, the conservatives, those who are, you know, again, who have trust issues with the government and trust issues with the medical community, which you should, but not paranoia, right? You should not trust anything the government tells you. You shouldn't trust anything. Even for me, be skeptical of what I'm telling you, right? But you can do your research and you can, we'll find out that I'm telling you it's 100% true. But here's the thing. You know, they're just listening to that. Again, they're listening to those doctors and not listening to the experts. So what else do the experts say? That it doesn't overpower your immune system. And if it did, you would see it. And if it did overpower your immune system, you would see people stay sick, 
for longer than a couple of days, you know, after getting uh, the shot. But they don't. They get better. And guess what? <laughs> this is interesting. Those who took the mRNA vaccines may actually have immunity to the common cold. T-cell immunity to the common cold. T-cell memory. You may, your antibodies in your blood may actually fight off the common cold because guess what? The common cold is also a coronavirus. So what does that mean? That means these mRNA vaccines may increase your immunity to the common cold. Isn't that interesting? Again, you won't hear it by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. or, or his cohorts, right? And you won't hear it by those on the right because those, many of those who are on the right are just completely scared of this. It, they're just completely, uh, you know, um, fearful. And it's one of those things that I'm kind of, I guess I can say I can get kind of frustrated with, but I'll just say that I completely disagree where they're headed. Now, here's the other thing. I don't like for a fact that Fauci and the CDC and many governments are trying to create vaccine passports. I'm not for that. Um, this drug, by the way, is experimental, all right? And But here's the question. Is it safe? From what we can see, it looks to be safe, but it's not safe for kids. Is it safe in the long term? Well, here's what you may not know. Part of the clinical trials which took place for these vaccines, and vaccines, by the way, they had to go through all phases of the of the clinical trial, right? They had to go through all phases. But part of the... Um, Part of the, uh, I guess, the clinical trials, um, they would have to, they had, they actually had to observe these antibodies and how they would react in petri dishes to human tissue from all parts of the body. So again, they took brain tissue, heart tissue, you know, muscle tissue, everything, and they would see if the mRNA uh, vaccine in both forms, the RNA and also the antibodies, would affect um, human tissue, and there was none. Um, as far as long-term effects, we still don't know. But the real question is that, do we want to wait five to 10 years to find out or do we want a cure for COVID right now? All right, that's the question. Do you want a cure for COVID right now? Okay, is it FDA approved? No, it's not. But all of the other viable treatments for COVID, they're not um, approved either. Hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin, or ivermectin, remdesivir, the synthetic antibodies that President Trump used to save his life, none of those were approved treatments for, uh, by the FDA for COVID. None. And we know for a fact that hydro hydroxychloroquine, zinc, and azithromycin do work for COVID, but the FDA did not approve that. The CDC did not approve that. It doesn't even have emergency use approval. All right? So just because you know something is rubber stamped by the FDA doesn't mean it works. By the way, Opioids are rubber stamped by the um, by the FDA, and those have killed up to five hundred thousand Americans. That's rubber stamped FDA approved painkiller right there. And what's another painkiller that a lot of other Americans use? They use marijuana, medical marijuana, right now, right? And that is not FDA approved, and that looks to work better than opioids. So again, we can't make this. You know, assumption that just because something um, is not FDA approved, it doesn't work. I'm sure many of you out there believe believe like in medical marijuana. You believe in hydroxychloroquine. You believe in azithromycin zinc, right? Don't you? Those are not FDA approved. So the, the argument goes out the window. 
And those are experimental drugs. Hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, remdesivir, they're not used to fight COVID. The synthetic antibodies that President Trump used to save his life, that's experimental. All right? And by the way, just to let you know that Trump, a long time ago, you know, during his first term, he signed a right to try law into, I guess, a bill into law, right? And what did that give um, patients who were terminally ill? They gave them a chance to try experimental drugs because they, were, they had no other options, right? So why not? And a lot of times those experimental drugs that were used saved people's lives. In fact, hundreds of thousands of lives. Those drugs worked. Lance Armstrong, you know, he's, he's cancer-free because he took an experimental drug that was not FDA-approved. You know, again, do you want to wait for the FDA, all the bureaucratic paperwork to say, hey, wait a minute, this actually works, it's safe, 10 years down the line, 5 years down the line, and you're going to die from COVID? And you may actually die from COVID, by the way. COVID is real, right? There was a long time out here with the Q, the Q um, crowd, they were saying that, no, the COVID doesn't exist. COVID is just a very advanced form of the flu or the common code. Do you remember that? At one time, they were saying it's caused by 5G. And right now, that has been modified to, to uh, a Q is now saying that, um, you know, you have 5G inside of your arm. My phone doesn't even have 5G. It has 4G, and I get dropped calls all the time. But apparently, if I take this mRNA vaccine, I don't get dropped, what do you call, calls on my arm? And it has no antenna? Really? And, we're, and how is this 5G nanobot in my arm communicating with cell phone towers when I have no battery inside my arm? Right? <laughs> Again, all little holes that you, that you can put, basically ask with all these conspiracy theories, but the conspiracy theorists, they don't even want to entertain the fact that what they believe in may be very much fiction because they would rather live in this road of fiction, because it's, it's their safe place. It's really their safe place. This is where they find their identity, right? This is where they find their home. And if you insult their safe place, if you insult their, I guess, their, um, their quote-unquote knowledge, then you're not part of their group. So they kick you out. They excommunicate you from your life. They destroy what they fear. And, and what do they fear? <laughs> They fear themselves, right? So it can get way more complicated than that. You know, again, as a writer, you just tend to study personalities over and over and over again so you can write the perfect personality. And when I say perfect, meaning that people are not, are not perfect. But anyway, I'm going off on a tangent. So this is all I wanted to say about, you know, these vaccines, the mRNA vaccines. You know, I thought I was going to get into the other vaccines, but I really won't. Um, here's what I will say, though, before I leave. It looks as though, you know, these vaccines are harmful to kids. It really, really does. Uh, there's a really, really big, um, I guess, incidence of heart inflammation with young kids. And I have no idea why this vaccine is getting pushed upon kids who have 100%, I guess, a recovery rate. I mean, their immune systems are so good that they don't even know they have COVID. They can't even pass on COVID to adults. They may pass it on between each other, but they won't even know. I mean, they are asymptomatic people, kids. I mean, they are asymptomatic spreaders to themselves, but not to adults. 
I'm not sure how that, that works. And, you know, they, they don't get sick. They really don't. And then COVID doesn't hang around in them for, for very long. I mean, they could be tested one day and the next day they don't have anything. They will only die of COVID if they have comorbidities, like really, really bad comorbidities. So that's it, people. That's really, really it. Now, again, if you want to take the vax, then take it. If you don't, then don't. That's all. I'm not going to tell you one way or another. I just want to set the record straight, I guess, on these two things about the mRNA vaccines affecting your DNA or immune system. They don't affect your DNA and they don't destroy your immune system. Again, repeat, the mRNA vaccines do not affect your DNA and they don't destroy your immune system. All right, everyone, that's it for today. I had fun podcasting. If you like what you hear, please share my podcast. If you can't find me, look on your favorite podcast platform and look for BBQ2 Movies. That's BBQ T.O. Movies. Yeah, the T.O. is not the number two, by the way. It is T.O., like Terrell Owens. So that's BBQ2 Movies. Catch you around.